Hello, and welcome back to Technically Speaking. My name is Lorcan Neal, joined by my other host, Alicia Thomas. And this will be our second episode. It's going to be our back-to-school episode. We're going to touch on a bunch of uh, issues and events that have taken place on campus in the short time that we've been back. Yeah, getting right back into the school year, Dr. Mike Mullen, Vice Chancellor for the Division of Academic and Student Affairs, announced his official resignation following calls for his resignation by college Republicans at NC State. While it has not been confirmed that the college Republican statement was the cause of his resignation, he announced that resignation three hours after that statement was released. Lorcan, if you want to talk a bit, bit more about what was actually in that statement. Uh, well, basically, it was just a college Republican saying that Mike Mullen's tweets were basically antithetical to his job and uh, reflected everything that NC State is not. In his tweets, they were from over a year ago. He calls the GOP the part of the NRA, neo-Nazis, the KKK, and basically outright crazy. And then he also, there's another tweet they referenced where basically they referenced when Mullen was talking about using the term rednecks to refer to people on campus, mobs and violence, and using lots of coded language. So I don't think the issue was with his First Amendment freedom of speech. It was more the issue that these tweets came from basically an NC State Twitter account where, Mm -hmm. I mean, his Twitter handle was at NCSU Mike Mullen. He listed his job title in his Twitter bio. And in no place in his Twitter bio did he say anything about, you know, views of my own or views don't reflect the university. So I think that was probably the major problem that college Republicans had with his tweets. Yeah. Um, in their statement, they said that his comments have affixed the Republican students to society's most egregious and re- reprehensible groups, thus widening the gap of political divisiveness and creating an unsafe environment for all students on NC State's campus. And, you know, it's interesting having this debate right now, especially in our pl- political climate with, you know, our president coming from his own Twitter account, tweeting things that some people deem as offensive and you know where what standard should we be holding our public officials at i think that dr mullen was you know held accountable for his actions and that of course we can't link exactly why he resigned he only said he was going to resign for personal reasons right but i guess to touch on another aspect of this issue is kind of some hypocrisy that comes from college republicans if you're going to call out Dr. Mike Mullen for his tweets, where was your condemnation of our president for how he tweets about women, how he tweets about members of Congress, how he tweets about other countries? Um, so for me, this kind of lessened the might of their argument a little bit, considering that, okay, you're going to call out Mike Mullen for what he tweets as an NC State administrator, yet you're not going to call out when President Trump doesn't condemn all right members or doesn't condemn people who shout send her back about representative ilhan omar i mean to me that's antithetical to what the college republicans should stand for but that's only my opinion on the issue i think going on based off of what the republicans college republicans at nc state's comment reads um they say that nc state has this motto for being a safe space for all students to be able to talk about have whatever political views they wish and dr mullen um using that robust political dialogue didn't show respect for that those students beliefs and you know again dr mullen was held accountable for his actions whether or not they were in fact related to the tweets or not is still we still don't know that granted all we know is that the letter was issued by college republicans three hours later Dr. Mike Mullen had resigned from his yeah. position as 
at DASA. What we know now is that Dr. Lisa Zapata, the senior associate vice chancellor in the Division of Academic and Student Affairs, has been named the interim vice chancellor for DASA. And Brett Smith, the senior associate dean for University College, was named dean of University College by Provost Warwick Arden. So that's where we're going from there. And it's going to be interesting to see who's going to take over after Dr. Mullen because he did change a lot of how DASA functions and was the center of how that huge division, which, you know, has housing, you know, student health services, how that's going to shift, that leadership change is going to shift the dynamics within DASA. I'm very interested to see. Yeah, I mean, I think Dr. Mullen deserves a lot of credit for what he did um, in his around seven years of, as vice chancellor and dean of DASA. And I also think he deserves a lot of credit as being one of the few non-professors of color to speak out about issues that affect minority communities and affect students at NC State who really don't have a lot of advocacy for them, um, considering that we are a PWI and we do have a majority white campus. So I do think Dr. Mullen deserves a lot of credit there. Um, and it's unfortunate that his resignation had to come at this time, but at the same time, you have to you have to look at how the university is kind of portrayed on a bigger scale. Yeah, that statement from the college Republicans at NC State went viral really quickly. It got over or got 100 retweets, over 200 likes, and 17 replies on Twitter alone, um, not including Facebook um, or other social media platforms. And the North Carolina Republican Party was one of the accounts to retweet that statement. So it had reached a very, very high-profile level. And this really shows you this is really one of the first big resignations on NC State's campus that's almost a direct link from the coverage gone on social media. I mean, these tweets that Dr. Mullen tweeted were from over a year ago, and they were basically found by a right-wing blog and then turned over to college Republicans and then turned over to other right-wing sources. So it's really kind of fascinating to look at from a communicative standpoint how fast this went down. That's true. Let's not forget that Dr. Mullen did receive criticism right after the, he tweeted the tweet using the word redneck. A student submitted an op-ed to technician condemning Dr. Mullen's tweet, and it proceeded to get deleted. That tweet was deleted by Dr. Mullen, I believe. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was. So, yeah, it's interesting to see that that op-ed was that op-ed was published in November and now it is August of the following year. And it's only now where Dr. Mullen has felt the consequences of his actions on social media. Yeah, it's definitely interesting to see how DASA functions without Dr. Mullen. Yeah. Um, and it's also going to be interesting to see how this changes university employees, social media rules and regulations, because right now. Professors online, you could go on Twitter and follow them on social media and see whatever they're talking about. Their opinions are there to see. And I'm wondering if NC State is going to change that at all or make tighter, stricter rules for their upper admin. I don't know. It'll be interesting to watch. That all happened right before we even came back to school. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so we're not even at the first day of classes yet. Um, and we won't be for another little while because we had some really awesome events go on this week. Thanks to the university and different UAB and wellness recreation. We had Wreckfest, How on Run, the famous Target Run, WKNC's concert on the lawn. Of course, the convocation held in Reynolds, Reynolds College Coliseum, <laughs> where uh, Dr. Blair Kelly was the, the keynote speaker, um, basically welcoming cl the class of 2023 to campus. Yeah. You know, staple events that are always so fun to see the 
new class explore NC State, even though lots of stuff happened right before classes even started. It was cool to see people come together to still put on those staple events for NC State students. Other things that are were happening were the beginning of student government. Oh, boy. <laughs> um, technician always... We love to cover whatever goes on in student government. Their meetings are every other Wednesday in the student governance chambers on the fourth floor of Tally. The first meeting was pretty dull. Nothing really happened. Um, But I'm excited to see now what student government is going to do, especially pertaining to NC State's endowment. They invest in the fossil fuel industry as well as other things such as private prisons. And I know that it's been a big issue a lot of senators are very passionate about and that I think will be at the forefront of senators' minds. And so I know a lot of senators are currently working on creating a grad student bill of rights. The Grad Student Association is working on putting that together And I'm interested to see how that all pans out so that grad students have more representation on this campus and have more accessibility to different things that they didn't in the past. So while this episode is really kind of an overview of kind of back to school events and issues, we're going to hope to do in the near future, basically an episode specifically on student government where we can get either student Senate President Mitchell Morvick or student body president, Emma Carter, to come speak with us about the initiatives the student government is working on and basically all that they are hoping to accomplish this year in their 99th session. The day before the first day of class, student government hosted Respect the Pack, an event focused on intentionally building community and encouraging conversations surrounding diversity and inclusion. The event included the Arts Village painting the Free Expression Tunnel and speeches from Chancellor Randy Woodson, Emma Carter, the student body vice president, Nicole Teague, and the director of diversity outreach, Zakia Covington, um, all talking about the intentionality behind the event and how they were hoping that these conversations urge people to create a community with each other and push people to be more inclusive and more resilient. This is one of the events from student government that I really love in terms of it really tries to build inclusiveness and diversity on on our campus. And while I think NC State's really, and while I think NC State's really done a lot in the last couple of years to make our campus more diverse and more inclusive to all, I mean, there's still a a long way for us to go. And on top of that, I mean, universities are just hotbeds for political discussions. Right. Um, A lot of times that's where a lot of tension can come from. It's just you have so many people from different backgrounds and from different ways of life that it can sometimes be stressful to live on a college campus. So I think Respect the Pack is one of the best programs that NC State student government does. Um, so I was really g- glad to see it on campus this year, especially with all the politically charged kind of outcomes or conversations that have been happening, especially around Doc Mo- Dr. Mullen's resignation and all of that. Right. Um, um, some other things that are happening around campus. Um, if you haven't tried Old Tuffy, NC State's first beer. Definitely go out and purchase it if you are of age. <laughs> um, that beer, Old Tuffy, is funding the new fermentation science minor, which is very cool. Um, and Tap and Goat, um, the beloved app that so many NC State students use to boycott a line to get their food, was actually purchased by Grubhub for 
150 million in late 2018 and on august 22nd nc state students received an email letting them know about grubhub's acquisition of tap and go and students were advised to download the grubhub app in order to continue ordering food successfully so download grubhub if you still want to skip the lines you're going to want to go with grubhub now um that's actually really interesting i didn't know about that another exciting thing that we have coming out is our first coverage on raleigh's mayoral election that's on tuesday october 8th currently there are six candidates and alicia has done interviews with all six and we've got video of all six so that should make for a really amazing really intriguing really interesting article and videos for y'all to go watch and oh you're putting pressure on me (laughs) yeah and see and see uh and see who you want to vote for as the next mayor of raleigh yeah, um, a lot of NC State students don't realize that local politics has a really big impact on their day-to-day lives, such as, you know, the affordable housing crisis that is currently impacting a lot of college students even is something that the mayor can take up um, and talk to other people and address the issue about. So I definitely... I'm looking forward to hopefully having all six candidates on our podcast at some point in time and talking to them about their goals and visions and um, why they should represent college students. Finally, um, Bell Tower Construction began Monday, August 26th, and it's about a year's worth of construction, so get ready for the Bell Tower looking a little bit funky. (laughs) And if you're like me and you haven't done your graduation photos yet with the bell tower, I don't know how that's gonna work now. So yeah, class 2020 is kind of it's kind of getting screwed right here. 2021 is fine though. <laughs> <laughs> uh, last but not least, this weekend is our first football game against East Carolina University. It's another glorious noon kickoff, but Technician is doing a giveaway via Instagram this week. So please go ahead and enter to win that on Instagram. We have two tickets to give away. All you have to do is like the photo, follow us on Instagram, and tag three people in the Instagram comments. Uh, and with that, I'm Lorcan Neal. I'm Alicia Thomas. And this is Technically Speaking.